This is the Pet Podcast on Pets.ca, episode number 59, interview with Caesar Milan. Hey there, pet lovers, how's it going? And welcome to the 59th Pet Podcast on Pets.ca. My name is Marco, and as always, we're coming to you from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. For today's show, we have an interview with well-known TV personality Caesar Milan, who's the host of the popular Dog Whisperer. Caesar was in Montreal last week promoting his Canadian tour, and we were lucky enough to have a conversation with him where he shared uh, some really good tips on dogs and leadership and instincts, and we'll get into that in just a sec. Just want to let people know in advance that there were a few other people in the room, uh, so there is just a little bit of ambient noise, but it's really not too distracting. And rather than me talking about it, let's just get right into the interview now. So I'd like to welcome a really special guest to today's podcast. Uh, today's special guest is uh, Caesar Milan, who is a dog behavior specialist, well-known TV host of The Dog Whisperer, and he also trains people, not dogs. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing this, Caesar. I really appreciate uh, you uh, taking the time to do this with us. Well, actually, thank you guys for taking the time so I can... Uh invite people into the new show, you know, uh, or answer some questions that you might have for me. And to me, it's all about making a difference in the world. Yeah. And a dog makes a big difference in people's life. And sometimes we interpret it the wrong way. So I just want to give a dog a chance. I appreciate that. So let's just get uh, right into the questions. First off, you know, um, we run a pretty active uh, site here in Canada, and uh, some people might be interested in uh, taking your new tour or your new seminar. I thought I'd give you a chance just to talk about that for a few minutes before I probe you with some questions that our visitors are likely uh, want to know. As I travel the world, the, the Dog Whisper Show is more than 100 countries, and I'm invited to every single country. Yeah. It's a blessing, you know, it's a huge opportunity for a guy. There's, as an immigrant, crossed the border a long time ago and had a big dream. And I realized that I can share an awareness, you yeah. know, in the world. Uh, the world is becoming <clears throat> more and more eco-friendly, sure. right? More green about it. But they're, they're still not treating a dog, they're not as eco-friendly as they should be with a dog. You know, and what that means to me is a human has become disconnected to the instinctual knowledge that we inherit, right? Uh, the advantage of growing up in a third country is that's all you have. Yeah. Education is not available to you, you know. It, it, so it's a, it's a big disadvantage we have, you know. That means well, most of us will not become scientists, uh, right? But we, one thing that we do become is, is uh, knowledgeable about how to be with nature. Sure. You know, and so that's... That's actually what I felt that the world uh, is in sick or, or, or the, the need to control or to uh, rehabilitate the relationships with dogs, you know, because everybody focusing on training the dog. Yeah. But you can't really train some somebody when that someone doesn't trust you or respect you. You know, in order to have a communication with somebody, you have to have a reality. And one of the things that be, one of the biggest mistakes people do is to dehumanize a dog. Right. And so when they use a psychology that is not uh, for that particular species, communication will not be available. Therefore, they will not be in sync. Instincts play a big role in the animal world, you know? And, and to understand instincts and how instincts are triggered yeah. is the most important piece of the puzzle. Your energy can trigger a dog to bite you. That's when they say, can a dog sense the fear? You know, can a person with that is afraid of dog can be bitten by a dog? Everybody knows that. I mean, it's, yeah. this is a worldwide, you know, uh, understanding. 
But also a person that is excited, nervous, sad, tense, depressed, can trigger the wrong reaction of a dog. And that's the part that I want to make people aware of, you know, is who you are in the animal world is energy. And people talk about energy, but they don't really understand energy. This was actually one of my questions. Actually, I have a few questions for you. And one of them is, you know, a lot of people don't understand what energy is. They understand more what, uh, what body language is, let's say, but they don't necessarily understand what energy is. Could you maybe describe the difference between, let's say, energy and body language? Well, you know, I guess the easiest way to understand how energy plays a bigger role in body language is by us learning from what we call blind people. Blind people can't see body language, but they can feel energy, mm-hmm. you know? So a human who is not handicapped has to be able to see the way a blind person feels. Interesting. Yes. And so a body language, for example, a submissive dog, right? That's a good sign. But a dog that is quiet, wagging tail, looks the same, but the energy is different. For example, I, I mean, uh, your audience are not going to be able to see, but you can probably sure. describe. Yes. So this is a submissive dog, right? And a dog that is not submissive, but is still wagging the tail, it changes. His energy is quieter. That one is going to bite. Okay? So body language, it, it can actually not give you the right uh, evaluation because what's most important is the energy but i definitely have i'm going to teach people about body language and what they're really saying and are people going to be able to pick up i mean obviously you can do it because you've been doing it for a long 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 time but most people are busy thinking about bills and paying mortgages sometimes they might have a harder time tuning into a dog's energy do you show them how to maybe do that well, one thing, that, one thing that we have to do as a society, not, I'm not saying just uh, Canada and America as a world, yeah. is to disconnect a little bit and really pay attention to how we feel so we know how to interpret what they're saying. Everybody talks, not everybody listens. Right. <laughs> it's easier to talk. Well, yeah, because you want your point to get across, but you don't want to listen to the feelings of other people. Do you know that when I come to people's home, I spend three to four hours with the person listening? Because a lot of times within their own household, there is no access for that uh, venting. Okay. You see it? So they see me and say, well, this is a person who wants to listen to me. And so I have to allow that process because the human needs to vent as much as so I can go, uh, so I can get to the, to the main problem. You know, why is it this connection among humans? Because the dog is only reflecting what the human is feeling. Okay. But everybody said, my dog barks at the window all day long. <laughs> you know, when people come through the door, the dog jumps or, you know, it runs away. They see the outcome. They don't see how that dog became that way or right. why that dog is not listening to them, even though that dog has cookies, beds, many different leashes. See, that's, that's what I want people to understand, how our interaction in the household affects the behavior of our dog. That's why I say, I, I, training dog, is, it, it has no meaning to it because if the human doesn't know how to work with each other, the dog senses that. Right. So if it's not harmony in the household, how do you expect the dog to project harmony? You know? and, and sure enough, you know, people, like you say, they're probably not in touch with themselves. So if they are not in touch with themselves, they don't know what they're giving off, but their dog can read what they're giving off of, uh, very clearly and very easily. Dog is a very honest species. You can't fool a dog, right? 
So it's, this is it's very important that we understand how they function. So we, so we the human, take responsibility of it. You know, it's, it's very important to understand that you can't fool a dog. Therefore, you have to take an evaluation of your honesty. If you're not honest with a dog, he's not going to trust you. If you don't have the integrity, he's not going to respect you. To a dog, love means honesty, integrity, loyalty. To the human, love has its own little spot. Right. But a dog that loves people doesn't mean they trust people. Right. I know a lot of people that love their dogs, but they don't trust them off leash. Right. So that love has a limitation. You know, uh, uh, the, the love the animals practice or want to bring to the awareness of human is freedom, is trust, is respect, and is loyalty. Yeah. That to me is the interpretation of love from an animal perspective. You see it? And so that can actually help humans to evaluate financial crisis, to evaluate uh, leaders in the world, you know? And so we should learn to choose humans who are honest, have integrity, so they can create loyalty. But we don't, we focus on what they're saying. I'm gonna give you what you <laughs> say you want, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, yeah. if a dog, if a dog can actually evaluate that, a dog will be saying, don't trust them. <laughs> he's saying the right things, but he's not feeling the energy that you need to have this country live harmoniously. We, we are the only species that follow unstable pack leaders. Animals don't follow instability. You see how honest they are? They're more honest. I was just going to say that. They're more honest. They know. And you can buy integrity. Yeah. You can't make a dog follow you. No. You can, you can pay me all you want. doesn't mean the dog will follow you. Good points. Good points. I'm going to throw in a question. So people generally come to you uh, when they have problems. And often, a lot of these problems can be like avoided by research. And people often get their first dog, let's say, without doing any research. Now, we definitely don't want to get you in trouble with the CKC or the AKC or anything like that. But do you have like a short list of better dogs for like first time dog owners? And then maybe a few breeds that are, you know what, they're not the greatest idea for first time dog owners. I think, I think the best solution for that is to foster, okay. you know, so you, you become part of the solution and you help uh, re uh, rescue organizations or shelters. Uh, and that way you learn to uh, understand compatibility. Compa compatibility is the most important ingredient in a relationship. You know, it's not the breed. You know, a lot of people has in mind that, you know, what breed is the best breed in the world? But really, if you're not educated, what's the point of him being the best breed in the world? Right. You know, uh, I grew up with mutts. Uh, what I know is because I grew up with a pack of mutts. So what I know is dog psychology. You know, breed is, is cultural background, right? Canadians versus Mexicans. Well, it puts in versus tacos, right? <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, we're both human beings. But at the end of the day, some people will say they have more difficulties with a Malamute than they would with a Labrador Retriever as their first dog. Do you, does that hold any truth for you? Uh, no. Uh, what happens is if you don't fulfill the needs of, of a Malamute, right, and then you're going to find them stubborn. Right. Right? Uh, um, because a Labrador has a tendency to bring things and you can interact with him. And then it's easier to deal with a dog that is already has a function of bringing you things versus a dog that does not his nature to bring you things. His nature is to pull, drag, uh, walk for a long distance. But people don't like to walk long distance. <laughs> Huskies going around the block is boring. It's nothing. A Husky is from here to Mexico. They call that a walk. Yeah. 
You yeah. see what I'm saying? So when you enter into a relationship with an animal that has a different cultural background, different desire, you have to understand that, but they're all dogs. So it, it really comes down to never bring a dog that has higher level energy than you. Okay. Yeah, because I know a lot of Malamutes who don't have high level energy. There's like couch potato like, yeah. you know? Uh, and so those dogs feed perfect sort of to a person that is not active okay. or they don't have a lot of knowledge. You know, but in every breed, you're gonna find, you're gonna have four energies: low, medium, high, very high. You know, not one breed is best for all human beings. You know, what's best for dogs is an educated human. That's that's positive to me. The most positive reinforcement you can give to a dog is an educated human. A human with a bag of cookies yeah. is not. <laughs> often they don't even know when to give the cookie to the dog. Right. So the cookie actually becomes a negative because you can give a cookie at, at, to a dog at the wrong time. You see it? You have to learn to read energy in order for you to give something, even a touch, even a reward. You can nurture, my clients yeah. give affection at the wrong time. Yeah. My clients are dog lovers. They love their dogs. If they didn't, right? they wouldn't call you, right? Exactly. Yeah. If love can rehabilitate, re, if dog can rehabilitate instability, I will not have a TV show. Right. <laughs> So at the end of the day, I guess if someone does want to get a Malamute as their first dog, as long as they know exactly what, they, again, it comes back to the research, I guess, as long as they know what a Malamute needs and they're uh, prepared to give a Malamute what it needs, if they've done the research, maybe it's not a bad first dog, you know? But before he's a Malamute, he's animal dog. Okay. Nobody wants a dog that pees inside the house, don't care what breed the dog is right you see it so you have to really know how to establish rules boundaries limitations no matter about the breed breed is culture breed breed is who you play with you see what i'm saying it's everybody agrees and nobody wants their stilettos to get you no matter what breed they are you see it and and so uh, again it's, it's understanding the psychology of a dog and understanding what animals pick up a cat would not know what breed that dog is. He can care less about the breed. What the cat knows is if it's in a fight, flight, avoidance state. That's what he would know. You see it? Yeah. So really the research about a breed is really meaningless because the cat is showing you, look, I can control a Rottweiler. <laughs> and the cat doesn't know. Yeah. The cat doesn't know we're banning pit bulls. Yeah. The cat just knows that dog specifically feels this way. You see it? So we can learn about cats about the research. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into another one. Uh, aggression in dogs. Such a wide topic, such yeah. a wide term. Happens for different reasons. You know, misreading a, a dog's body language is certainly uh, one of the reasons that, you know, aggression can, can escalate. You know, what should people do, you know, about aggression? Let's say they can't book an appointment with you. Let's say you're busy on that week, but they want to deal with their own dog's aggression. Should they try and do it themselves? Should they try and get a trainer? You know, what would be a, f a first step for someone? I guess maybe it depends on the level of aggression, but let's say the dog is snapping at their children or, you know, what would be step one? Well, number one, aggression is not the problem. It's the outcome of a problem. Right. Aggression is a symptom, not a problem. Can an excited dog become aggressive? Yes. Can an anxious dog become aggressive? Yes. Can a fearful dog become aggressive? Yes. Can an insecure dog become aggressive? Yes. Can a frustrated dog become aggressive? Yes. The problem is this, what I'm telling you. Yeah. Aggression is just the way they bend because they're predator. So what they're saying is nobody is helping us and this is the way we're going to deal with. You see, a horse will fly. That's how he will deal with his problems. You see it? So because aggression is such, such a delicate 
concept and it takes a second for you to get hurt, you need a professional. Yeah. They help you prevent uh, the bite. When a dog is, is biting kids, for example, uh, it's not the dog that is trying to bite the kids, it's the kids are stimulating a movement. In a third world country, kids don't get bitten by dogs as much as modern society because kids in third world country, we learn no touch, no talk, no eye contact. Kids in modern society, they learn to be polite and they say, ask if you can pet them. But that is actually the wrong approach because a kid comes to an, a proximity with a dog, he's already excited giving eye contact to a dog. And the dog is saying, do not let that kid come near me. See, so a kid in modern society learned to touch dog and give eye contact because the parents tell him that that's very polite. You know, a, a bite is a reaction of the brain. A dog doesn't know to bite a, a kid or anything else. A dog learned that along the way. Who did he feel disrespected by that he needs to protect himself from? You see it? Yeah. It's very easy to blame a dog. It's, no, the no, easiest, yeah, yeah. it's the easiest thing to do. You know, but that's where when we say we love dogs, but we don't really know dogs. So we can blame them because they're not going to defend themselves. We're just going to, you know, say that he's aggressive. That's why we put him down. For sure. In this case, when you're saying that uh, we do need professional help, do you have an opinion on whether private one-to-one -one is better in most cases or is group obedience training in cases like this, is that also a good thing? Well, that has to do with the training himself. You know, if he needs, if that dog needs to be in a pack or that, or that human needs to be by himself. A lot of humans do not function uh, good with criticism right. or they, because they feel, you know, they feel that everybody's looking at them, you know. So you really have to understand how you, what you're training as the human, you know. So you really have to see what inspires or motivates them and what his weaknesses are, you know. Uh, uh, my strength uh, is more how can I make the human trust me. You see it? And then once the human trusts me, and then I can put him in different positions where I can make him a believer. The human has to see it to believe it, but he needs to trust you first. Very good to know. I won't keep you much longer. Um, something that's becoming popular are these vests for phobias. Let's say when dogs are afraid of... Thunder shirts. Thunder shirts, yeah. things, things like this. Was curious to know what you think about that. Uh, well, uh, before it was the towel. <laughs> it's just somebody uh, uh, took the opportunity. To put Velcro on it. That's right. That's right. Look, what, what you need to do to make, this, to make this work in your favor is do not wait until the level of anxiety passes level five. Okay. Otherwise, you know, medication or, or the thunder shirt won't work. The, the mind is too caught up in that state. Now, what I, what I suggest to people how to use this is make sure that you put that shirt when the mind is relaxed. So the mind associate that shirt the first time with relaxation. Uh -huh. Don't do it when the mind is already unstable because they, they can't use common sense. Okay. You see it? It's, it's, that's the moment where you introduce this object of what it means. Now, wh what it does, now you have to understand from a logical perspective, what, why the thunder shirt works? Because it keeps the, the breathing a certain pattern. And that's a, is that a less exciting pattern, that's I guess? Yeah, because yeah. when they're anxious, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? Uh, so when you're physically forced, physiological forced to breathe a certain way, now your mind is controlled by the body, right? So now you're telling your body to tell the brain to just breathe this much. And that's all you focus. The beautiful thing about a dog is they can only do one thing at a time. Yeah. <laughs> just don't let it get too far. You see, then you can use, you know, the thunder shirt or the towel you know, a lot of times people want to hold the dog, but the only bad part about when a person is holding the dog is they feel sorry. See, the thunder shirt doesn't feel sorry for the dog. It's just doing his job, right. containing the pattern of breathing. 
That's all it is. You follow what I'm saying? I, I totally yeah. follow. So the more common sense we use, the more we help a dog. The more intellectual we become, the less we help a dog. The more emotional we become, the, most, the less we help the dog. That's why when we, that's when we're paramedics come to us when we are under stress. They don't come to us, oh my God, what's wrong with you? Right. They come to us calmly. That's why they remove family members. Because what you want is to trust somebody. See, you, you don't care how you got there. You just care, can you help me right now? Yeah. So when a dog is having an under-stress moment, you have to put your hat off a paramedic. Very smart advice, very smart advice. And it works maybe in a similar way to like a baby, you know? A, a baby gets hurt, the baby cries louder when the, when the baby sees the parent's reaction. So in a similar way, when a dog sees that its owner is all stressed or, you know, it picks up on, on their emotions, which is kind of what we started with, I would think. And a tsunami... Yeah. In any situation where it's chaos, calm, assertive energy is the only way. Appreciate that, Caesar. I'll leave you with, uh, you know, the last question. Now, where can people find you if they want more information about you or about your tours? Well, the tour is Caesar Milan Live. Yeah. And to ask me questions is caesarsway.com. Awesome. Really appreciate the time, Caesar. As always, thanks so much for helping people all over the world. Great success with the upcoming tour. Thank you very much. And I'd like to thank Caesar one last time for that great interview. Thanks so much. Thanks for taking the time with us. As mentioned, if you'd like some more details about Caesar's upcoming tour, you can check out CaesarMilanLive.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. As always, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so easily on the front page of our blog. That's pets.ca forward slash blog. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And as always, please give your pets a little scratchy under the chin from Marco. Have a great day, everyone. Wow.